Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name's Austin. And I'm Dr. Agon. And he's BJ. We just lost like half our listeners because of you. It's all your fault. Like half the people who listen to this just like turned it off. or like, nope, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the final straw. I'm just kidding. Hopefully. I don't know. Maybe. You weirdo. Um, if you're still listening. If you're still listening, uh, we've got a special... Dragon Quest catch-up episode planned for you guys, um, where we just kind of, you know, BJ and I, we've been doing a lot of Dragon Questy things in our free time, and we just wanted to make take the time to talk about those things today. Uh, so it's more of a free-form episode, but we hope you guys enjoy it. We're calling it Dragon Quest Catch-Up, uh, now with 100% less mustard. I was going to make a mustard, but <laughs> knew I was going to make it. And she beat me to it. I did. I beat you to it. And now all of our <laughs> listeners are gone. The half, the half that hung around at the beginning, they just left. We have no yep. one. We have no one left. We're just talking to ourselves at this point. And when you say free form, we do have an outline and topics. Don't think that we're just going to be rambling for a while any more than we already do. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but let's go ahead. Uh, why don't we start with you? I feel like we start with so what you've been doing in Dragon Quest. So I've actually been playing Dragon Quest four. I've uh, I'm still in the Elena chapter, and that's one of the things that kind of irritates me about it that I'm still in the Elena chapter is the structure of this game is not sitting well with me where I was having a lot of fun in the Ragnar chapter. I was having a lot of fun at the beginning of the Elena chapter, but it's like I want to get everybody together. I kind of want to play the hero instead of this, and I know that that's coming and I just had to get through these parts and it'll eventually get there but it's one of the uh, the things that's irritating me about it right now is uh, i'm having to put the party together as completely separate sections of the game and right. so it wasn't something that i wanted after coming from dragon quest 9 where basically you're creating your own party and there's just one long narrative being told there that this was really i don't even want to say it's off-putting but it was it's harder to get into and then i mean i'm, I'm still enjoying i love the combat in this one like the animations in combat on the DS are just pretty. I don't know what they do differently than the other Dragon Quest games. It's like, I know they're not 3D modeled, but the way they animate, I just really, really like the way that the Dragon Quest 4 enemies animate. And But that all it also gets me, like, I'm having a hard time with it, but I'm having a hard time with it because it has actual random battles that you don't see the enemies on the map at all. And apparently I've gotten spoiled by that. That when later DQ games like eight, nine, and eleven have the have the enemies out just on the field where you can attack them or get a surprise attack or something like that, just running around towers and being randomly attacked when I'm trying to do something just irritates me. Mm-hmm. I realized this a while ago too. I was playing like Final Fantasy four, I think, and uh, on the Vita. And it was the same way where I didn't want to continue going because random battles were. I guess I I don't even want to say I outgrew them. It's a thing where I just out lazied them. I, I've just been spoiled. It's like, I don't want to do this right now where it feels like the enemies in a, it, it feels like the enemies in a game where they're placed on the map they feel a little bit more well-spaced. Like, since they're there a little bit more deliberately and they have to have zones where they spawn, it uh, seems like it's paced a little bit better than actual random battles. I gotcha, I gotcha. So Dragon Quest Four is one of my favorite Dragon Quest games. It's probably in my top three Dragon Quest games, I want to say. Okay. Definitely top four. I, I, I can totally see where the like resetting of each chapter could get to be a little bit too much because you start it you start back at zero every time it's like and especially with yeah. the elena chapter that one's a longer chapter uh it's much longer than chapter right. one depending on how you play it it can be longer than chapter three as well 
And so I think I didn't notice it so much between the chapter one, the Ragnar chapter and chapter two with Elena and Kirill and everybody, especially like going into chapter three with Tornico and then chapter four with Mina and Maya. It's like whenever I got pushed back to zero, I would be like, man, you know, because I'd be like level, you know, you generally get to around like 10 to 15, I feel like is like the levels you like get to with these characters in each chapter. Yeah, I think so. It's like you go from that to zero every single time. And it's just like, it wasn't enough of a thing where I didn't like it, but it, it is one of those things that I feel like takes some getting used to. And I really like, I really like the kind of storybook structure of DQ4. Uh, it's almost like Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, you know, where like you go, kind of. it's not yeah. as bad though. Cause that's the thing I, I really like Birth by Sleep. But the thing that gets me about that is like, you know, you complete one of those chapters and you're like level like 40 and you're like super, you know, buff and like OP. And then all of a sudden you start the next chapter and you're back at level one and you can't double jump or like fly or any of these other things that you could do. Not being able to fly in Birth by Sleep was the worst one. Like not having glide whenever you start over again the next time was always the killer where it was always the hardest part. That's why I'm not a, I'm not Tara anymore. I'm a Ven now and he is the worst. Oh, man, I hate Tara. I, I like Vin. Sorry. Actually, I, I was like, I did Vin first and then Tara, but I like Tara better really? than Vin. I always, I've played that game like two or three times now, three times, and I always play Tara first just to get him out of the way because he's my least favorite, his storyline and everything. I think the reason I like him more is because his storyline goes a different direction that his is going around seeing it from the villain's perspective in a lot of ways. And so I liked that part of it even more than I liked him or anything because he's big and slow. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, that's off, that's oh, off yeah. topic. But uh, yeah, I see how the uh, the storybook, I see how the storybook narrative structure for four really works. And I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's one of those where I'm playing through it and doing it. It uh, I just got a little put off by the random battles. Like you said, the starting over, I'd actually forgotten that when I started over, I died multiple times starting out when I left the castle with Alina and uh, I don't even remember her name's Carol and uh, Boria. Uh And whenever I left the castle with them, because the enemies as I was going to the next town just beat me. They just kept killing me. And then I went and fought a boss in that town. And then it just killed me over and over again. And I had to sit or I had to actually just walk around and grind up like three levels outside that town just to be able to uh, continue. And it's like, this is the first part of this game. It was like, that's not how this is supposed to work. And so I stopped playing it for a little bit, just out of nerd spite. <laughs> nerd spite. So, so I have a question. I know a lot of people complain about this. I, I didn't necessarily complain about it, but I kind of like poked fun at it. What do you think of the of all the uh, the dialogue having all the accents in it? I've seen people complain about it, but I've kind of gotten so used to it in other games that I really haven't thought about it. I'm like, these are definitely trying to make these characters be Russian. And that's about where it was. It's not nearly as bad as the old English accents in Octopath Traveler <laughs> that they made everyone speak in that I just that's one of the reasons I never bought that game by the way, is playing the demo of it with the the weird old English thing from the hunter lady. Uh-huh. I just couldn't take it. Like I knew that was going to be a part of the game. I was like, I can't do this again. And so whenever I saw the the kind of minor stuff in DQ4, I was like, yeah, that, that happens. And I'm kind of used to it with Scottish stuff anyway. It's like they have like, uh, they'll have people go, ah, and just weird things like caricatured mm-hmm. accent. I honestly never even thought about it other than uh, they did replace the uh, the V's with W's. Good for them. I don't know if this really, I mean, I guess this is technically a complaint. But my thing was just there was sometimes with with the, the uh, Elena chapter in particular, because like Ragnar, you know, I could understand most of the things. But the Elena chapter, some of the time I, I would have to read sentences like, two or three times to figure out what they were saying because the because of the the spellings of all of the words uh, and i had the same problem in dragon quest 5 with sancho cuz he he, huh. he speaks in a very i don't know, anyway very thick like spanish accent in 5 i had the same problem with 5 where i just had to i would have to read lines over and over again and so i would kind of get minor annoyances with that but it would never be enough where i was like this is dumb or like, I don't want to play this anymore. It was just kind of like, eh, I've got to read this two or three times, but I wasn't ever like mad about it. You know, 
I've only had that happen in the Elena chapter once, and it wasn't from spelling. It was from syntax when they were trying to get that uh, that broken English from uh, specifically from the Russian cadence, I guess is the word. That was where I did where they had a, uh, just a different syntax than it should have been. And I was like, oh, that's what they're trying to say because of this. Gotcha. That's the only time I've had to reread anything that I remember because that's the only one that stuck out in my mind. Really quickly, I've noticed you coughing twice. So last time you started coughing and then you totally lost your voice. And we have not talked in person since then. You've texted, but I assume your voice is back. Yeah, it is. I don't know why I'm coughing. I'm going to edit all of those out. So the people who are listening are not going to hear this and they're going to think you're a crazy person. Oh, okay. Well, for some reason, whenever I, I talk, I get I get mucusy. You had to even like cancel your other podcast like last week, right? Because your voice was... I did. After uh, you and I had recorded that morning, I had to contact Void and be like, hey, I can't talk. And uh, I didn't get my voice back at least, well, fully back until like Thursday morning where I could actually speak uh, without like coughing. You you edit these episodes and I, I listen to parts of the episodes afterwards to like hear certain things, you know, but um, like I know you text me one time because like one of my dogs was going nuts in the background in like a different room but the mic had picked it up and it actually your voice I didn't think sounded nearly as bad as it did when we were recording it like live and everything like it sounded yeah really rough and on the actual show like it didn't sound nearly as bad as I thought it was it sounded worse than I thought it did so everyone who's listening right now Message us and let us know how bad you thought my voice sounded. Like on a scale of one to ten, let's do this. That's right. Uh, on a scale of like nice voice to like the uh, the you know the you don't always die from tobacco song with the guy that has like that's that's the ten. He has like the little thing pressed okay. against his throat. That's like the that's where the bar is. That's a ten. Yeah, that's a ten. So you guys, you need do to you remember that know. song. I do. It played before like movies that had smoking in them. It played in the theaters a lot. So just kind of going in order here. So you've been playing four. You're still in the Elena chapter. Uh, during this time, yeah. I've been I was playing six Dragon Quest six. Right. Yeah, I think I'd mentioned in the previous episode, like I'd beaten it a while back. I'd beaten the main story, and then I started going through the post game. There is, you know, there's a super boss Nocturnus. Right. Uh, there's this thing called the Fungin. Uh, I know in a previous episode, we talked about <laughs> eating Funyuns while in the Fungin. So I finally took the time to, uh, you know, grind, grind. There's there's like an extra uh, vocation you can get. You find it in the postgate. It's, okay. it's an actual, it's like a liquid metal slime vocation. Really? Yeah. And so... You don't have like monster party members in it, do you? This is a vocation for the actual human characters in the game? To answer your first question, you do get monster party members in the DS, in the DS oh, okay. version. They're added in later. Oh, I didn't know that. It's very limited. It's not like five where like you run into them and then they might sometimes decide to join you. Right. It's like you usually have to do like special things to recruit them. And there's only there's only like six or seven maybe in it that are monsters. I never played as many of them. I played, you get a slime knight again, and I loved playing as a slime knight in five. Like he was, other than the hero, I think the slime knight was my only constant uh, party member in Dragon Quest five. So you get him in six as well. And I didn't play with him as much in six because I thought just the structure of six, it seemed like the human party members were better because six is like in five, it's like the human party members, they go in and out of the story so much that you kind of need the monsters in your party um, to help you out. And with with six, it's like you basically, once you recruit a party member, they're always going to be in your party. So you can get some monster party members in there. There's even, there's an optional guy which I, I didn't realize he was optional until after the fact. His name is Amos. Um, okay. He's like a, oh. he's like a, like a shapeshifter, like not quite a werewolf, but almost like, uh, like Vincent in final fantasy seven. Okay. Um, yeah. He's like that kind of character where you just go to a town and basically like a monster is attacking people at night. And it's kind of pretty obvious that it's this guy. And then, once you figure it out, like you have to promise not to tell him because it would destroy him or whatever. And apparently, I did not know this, but apparently, if you tell him the truth, like you can never recruit him into your party if oh. you tell him straight up front without doing a few, like a little side quest. I mean, he eventually finds out, huh. but if you if you just tell him, 
straight up like hey dude you're the monster then i guess he's like so like ashamed of himself he never joins your party which i didn't do i listened to the npc that told me not to tell him the truth and so when he was like is there anything else you need to tell me i was like nope <laughs> there's nope there's nothing there. you didn't just murder a bunch <laughs> yeah, of people yeah exactly i was like nope uh so then you like Get a little quest, side quest, uh, and then eventually you can recruit him into your party. And I, I played as him very little just because by that time I kind of had a good feel for who I wanted in my party. Yeah. So I never really used him much. Um, so you can do that. But the liquid metal slime, I didn't even know it was a vocation. Just in the like the credits, when you beat the main story, uh, you see Terry. Okay. Who, who you, you know from the Heroes games because he's in one and two as well. Right. Uh, you see him exploring like this cave that you've been to before. I think the city is called Amor. Uh, and uh, there's like something sparkly on the ground that he's walking over to. And then it just kind of fades to black at the end of that scene. And so once the post game picks up, like, I mean, obviously I'm going to go to that cave because I'm like, what's the shiny yes. thing? And anyway, uh, it's like the scroll. I think they're called scrolls in that game to get the uh, liquid metal slime vocation. And so anyway, so there's, there's some other content to do other than like the fungin. But the main thing was just uh, you have to get up like getting up all the vocations because you have to get to like five, I want to say, in like all of them. Um, okay. And then there's like the hero vocation that I had unlocked before the end of the main story. Uh, because for the hero, you only have to get like one of those hybrid ones, you know, like I think I had gladiator or something like that. Yeah. And so you do that. And if you're the hero, then you can un go ahead and unlock the hero job like quickly. But if you're the other characters, it's like you have to like master like a whole bunch of other jobs first. And so it was a bit of a grind just because I was having to get up like jobs, having to get up levels. I actually died the first time I tried to beat Nocturnus. <laughs> Which, he's a super boss, so I get. And then I went in, uh, I went, I grinded up just a couple more levels, really. And admittedly, I was under-leveled for like, like I think they tell you to like try them at like level 65. And okay. the first time I went in, I was like level like 56 maybe anyway my uh, yeah i mean i was like considerably under the like recommended level but it was just like i was like oh let's see what's gonna happen and it, it's pretty cool because in six it, there's a scene very early in the game where like this kingdom this king he's trying to revive like this demon thing and okay um and he succeeds and the demon turns everybody into like piles of steaming meat flesh basically nice. and you and your party have to get out of there and so nocturnus is like that is what that is that demon like you go back to that like shrine and it's like he was this like loose thread i guess in the main story that you never really went back right. to and so you go and you fight nocturnus it like alters the it alters the main ending slightly um which I thought was pretty cool. Like when you say it alters the main ending, you've already gotten the ending. So how does it do that? Um, I mean, I guess I've already said some spoilers, so um, I don't want to like just completely spoil all of it for everybody. Let me just say, so the structure with six is very much, there's like the real world, then there's the dream world. So there's like yes. two worlds kind of on top of each other. You go to like, you know, there's an underwater world. There's the, uh, called like the dread realm or something like that uh that you go to so there's like there's really there's ma mainly two worlds but there's really like four um like that you get to because just the game itself is like so massive so there's a little bit of like like other dimensions and like i guess is what you would call it with the dream and real world it's kind of like alternate okay. universes and things and I mean, I'll tell you, the story for six is kind of like one of those things where it's like, if you think about it hard enough, like it makes sense. But then if you think about it a little bit harder, it's not going to make sense again. Right. One of yeah. Those. So you kind of just have to like accept it for what it is. And it's a it's a fun story. But it's like, you know, if you think about it too hard, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense, really. Yeah. And that's kind of JRPG stories. Though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't. I don't really take them very like seriously. I take them seriously in terms of characterization, but the overall narrative is always like, oh, that's an interesting way to handle yeah. that. And 
And I still don't I still don't know if it was worth all the extra time I put into it because I mean, I don't know. I probably put in another like twenty hours into the post game. It's a lot. It, it was a lot, especially considering I beat all the main story stuff in about forty hours. So it was like another third, but it's not like Dragon Quest Eleven where there's a ton of story and things to do. It was kind of just like I'm just walking around and like fighting stuff and leveling up vocations. And so the entire thing was just for Nocturnus though. Like all of the grinding and leveling, like there was nothing else that you needed to be that high of level for. I mean, there's enemies in the fungin. So he's in the fungin. He's he's the end boss in the fungin. You, you have to go back and forth to the fungin, and there's like you know there's like a town, and there's like you revisit different locations inside the fungin. They're like maps, okay, from previous things, and so. I think I told you, I don't think I said this on the show, but I think I told you that, but yeah, I mean, it is just, it is just Nocturnus. It's like what the, it's like the end. In hindsight, I maybe would have just like watched a video on like YouTube or something <laughs> and not and not cared that much for like bragging rights or whatever you want to call it that I beat the post game boss. I right. probably would have just like read on Wikipedia, like the story or whatever to see what was there in hindsight. That's kind of how I was with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, that I wanted to keep leveling up and go to the super bosses. But at the same time, I knew it was going to be such a massive grind to do. So I went to YouTube and watched those fights and saw how cool they were in those bosses. I'm like, now I don't have to spend like another 40 hours grinding. Right, up. right. And yeah, and I think, and that's the thing is like six it's not the kind of post game like like 11 it's post game isn't really post game it's just still part of the story right right yeah but six is like it's very much just feels like a post game and there wasn't as much content i didn't feel like there was as much post game content in six as five or four had like four i feel like has the most post game of like any of them besides 11 maybe and i haven't beaten eight yet i'm in the middle of playing eight right now i haven't beaten eight well, I take that back because nine has like a ton of stuff. But just in terms of like actual story, you know, like four has a lot of stuff. I mean, you get like you actually get another character in the post game of four. You get a bonus character. You get like, you know, there's some dungeons. There's like super boss. I mean, there's a lot to do in four. That sounds really awesome by getting another character. I always hate it when they're reserved for the post game in games like that, though, because I don't feel like I ever get to play with them long enough if I like them. I want to spoil it for you because I know you're in the middle of playing it. But let me just say that the reason you recruit this final character is that you couldn't do it in the main story. Like, it's definitely like oh, kind of one okay. of those, like, you got to beat the main story first to get this character kind of thing. What exactly is the Metal Slime vocation? How is that a vocation? Do you just get to run away easier and take less damage? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Are you serious? <laughs> no. no. Uh. Um, so the Liquid Metal Slime vocation, uh, you find it, uh, you know, in the in the cave. It like it gives you some like stat boosts. Okay. So and it does it really does increase your agility. I'm not sure about this, but I'm pretty sure I read that it increases your agility by like a hundred percent. That makes sense. Yeah. And so that tracks. And so you get, uh, you just get some different like some moves. The main reason you want to get it is because there's a move. It's in lots of Dragon Quest games, but it's called Magic Burst. Um, you probably yeah. know from playing 8. And then Jessica also has it in the Heroes games. The only character that learns it in 6 is uh, Ashlyn, who I never really played with because she seemed to die really quickly. She was like kind of like that mage that just like has like no defense, that just dies a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really use her because my main party was like the hero, uh, Millie, uh, Carver, and nevin and so i used the four of them uh and i thought they made like you know just about the perfect party but it, the liquid metal slime vocation uh allows you to learn uh magic burst which is good and bad because it, it's bad in that it drains all of your mp yeah um, and it's good in that it causes like some massive damage to like all enemies and so the reason i attempted it the first time is because someone, I can't remember who did it, but someone on Twitter sent me a video. Man, I wish I could remember who it was so I could thank them. But anyway, somebody sent me a video of it and told me, like, here's a way, you know, to try to beat it, like, at a lower level. And it was basically, like, you get Liquid Metal Slime Vocation up uh, to to learn Magic Burst. You have Ashlyn in your party. You, like, trade her into your party long enough to use Magic yeah. Burst. 
and you just try to cause like some massive hits, you know, to Nocturnus. I tried that and it, you know, didn't work so well. So I just <laughs> did it the old fashioned way and, uh, and just kept leveling up after that. Part of it probably was because I only had one liquid metal slime vocation. And I guess you can, I guess you can get more, but like you have to farm them by defeating Nocturnus. And oh, so, so he drops them. Yeah. So like, so like people like will farm Nocturnus to get magic burst through that job and then i don't know it's just some stuff i've read online since beating it none of which is worth yeah, doing yeah and for i just you, didn't care enough it was just kind of some stuff i read about later because i'm i'm still talking about dragon quest 6 on my blog right now um because i usually at dragonquestaustin.com where because i like to you know i like to play the games and then set like you know a few weeks to a month like away from it so i can really like think about you know what a good time i had with it or didn't have with it which actually kind of brings me to my next point is that i love dragon quest 6 like i had heard i'd heard people complain about it and i knew that there was kind of like a division in the fandom with dragon quest 6 where it was like yeah some people you know like started it never got very far into it because they just hated it so much and some people really you know have liked it like i've even heard some people say it's their favorite dragon quest game and so and it's it's not my favorite Dragon Quest game, but uh, I mean it's definitely up there. I mean it's like the like toward the top like mid tier. You know what I'm saying? Like it's probably like you know around like yeah. the, the five five on my list, I guess, of like top Dragon Quest games. Like I okay. really like it, and and part of the reason why um, I'm wondering if people didn't like it as much is because four was really good. Like I mean it, it's amazing, and then you had five, which is like arguably the best one in the series and then you had six which was like not as good as four or five um and so i don't know if it was just like people were still like coming off the high of like four and then five and so like six didn't feel as cool and and actually this week yeah that was what my blog post was about was i just wrote like this long defense of the game because not necessarily to change anybody's mind, but just to talk about like the things I liked about it and how I feel like it like actually did a lot of things right that the previous Dragon Quest games didn't do. Like, I mean, like for instance, I mean, Dragon Quest Six was the first uh, mainline game to have a bag. Like, like they added oh. it into like the DS remakes, you know? Yeah, because I was about to say, yeah, Ford they added has it into later versions of it. But like the original, like Super Famicom Dragon Quest Six, it was the first game to have a yeah. bag. You didn't have to go to the item bank anymore. Wow. Like, you know, in other games, well, I don't know if I don't think. Well, they, yeah, you played Dragon Warrior, but mm -mm. anyway, uh, anyway, in yeah. earlier games, you go to the bank, kind of like you go to drop off your money and stuff, and you would drop off uh, oh. items, and you'd have to trade out items. Oh man, I would never do that. Dragon Quest Two, you know, which is like the hardest Dragon Quest game. Uh, you know that one you like really have to take care with your inventory but you know dragon quest 6 it had a bag it was it was the first one that didn't have that open function you know if you play the originals how you have to like hit open to go through a door which seems like such a small thing but it's like it's just such a nice quality of life thing to just like be able to like walk through a door <laughs> And I've noticed playing some RPGs that I don't realize which one I'm used to until I'm playing one that does it opposite, where I just run into a door and it's like, why am I not going through this? Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, the other thing about six that I like is it's the first one that uh, the, the mini medals, like the rewards were stackable, which I much prefer oh. to like the, the Dragon Quest games where you have to like choose which rewards you want. Right, yeah, and I much prefer, like, building toward, you know, yeah, the higher it's like, tiers. it's like, instead of, like, having to save up, like, 40 mini medals to get one thing, it's like you get cumulative award, rewards, where you just go, and it's like, uh, which, you know, I mean, they stuck with for most Dragon Quest games, maybe all Dragon Quest games after that. Yeah, I know 9 is like that, and I'm pretty sure 11 and yeah, 8 are. are like that as well. So that's one of those, you know, nice things about it, but just, like, not even from like a historical point within the series. I feel like it had, there was just a lot of cool things, you know, like the, uh, the, the characters, I'll admit the characters are very underwhelming and I totally feel that people are validated when they, when they complain about the uh, characters not being so great. It's not that they're bad characters. It's just that they feel really flat compared to like four and five, especially. Um, 
it's like especially it's like yeah. you know five has such great characters and like has such a great story and then you go to six where it's like everybody's just kind of like there and they're kind of like an archetype you know but they're not really like they don't seem like people or anything it's like i mean i still like the characters fine except terry i still don't understand why people love terry so much he he annoys the crap out of me you know carver is funny he's the big muscly guy i liked him a lot Right. But then there's there's characters kind of like Ashlyn and Millie and Nevin, especially, which I feel like you get in your party. And then like they really don't do anything afterwards. It's like they don't get much of a story and they don't have like much of personalities or anything. And those are the characters I never want to use because I always in RPGs like this, I want to know the characters I'm playing with. And I mean, unless they're just unbelievably powerful and I keep them in there anyway, a lot of times it's like, they have to look really, really awesome for me to want to see them all the time, or they have to be somebody I really care about and I'm interested in. And I think that's kind of like, you know, one of those things, the characters aren't so great, but it's like, I love the, the, the game is massive. Like the, I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you, if you've heard this before, but the, the original like super Famicom game for Dragon Quest six, because the game was so big and had so much content and stuff. Yeah. Uh, they sold it for a hundred dollars. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was like the number one game in like Japan, even though it was a hundred dollars for like a super Famicom game. And I knew they had had to raise for, I think final fantasy six and chrono trigger at the time where they had to charge, I think 80 for those that there were a few that had to have larger, larger cartridges to do. I didn't realize that DQ six was one of them too. Yeah. A hundred dollars, like USD, obviously not yet. Like that would right. you know, convert to a hundred dollars American. Money. If there were, if there were a hundred yen, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it would be practically free. Yes. So, you know, it is a massive game. The world is really cool. The fact that you like, you know, go underwater with your ship and like explore all this stuff. There's just so much I feel like that game has to offer that makes it feel unique, but also that like some of the later games copied a little bit um, because it worked really well in six. I liked six. I, uh, you know, if you want to read my whole defense about it, you can head over to my blog and check that out. But I really like six. And honestly, you know, I think the uh, Zenithia trilogy is, is probably my favorite like game trilogy or just like set of games. Yeah. Um, you know, four, five, and six. I figured, I didn't know if you would like them as much as the Erdrick trilogy. Just what makes you like these better than the Erdrick trilogy? They're, they're more refined. They have lots of quality of life improvements. They have better, like, characters. You know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of like they took the Erdrick trilogy, but it just improved everything that they had, like, learned from those games. And also they kind of focused on like characterization and storytelling. I feel like better, you know, better. It's just kind of, kind of the way I look at it is like, you know, I like Dragon Quest three, not as much as like everybody else, but I like it. <laughs> I like Dragon Quest two more than pretty much everybody else. Um, and I like Dragon Quest one a, a lot, you know? So, I, you know, I like all three of those games replay one and three i don't know if i'd replay two even though i liked two like after the fact i'm not allowing you to replay two oh yeah and the the number of rage texts that i kept getting about it and different and different just pictures of things that made you mad about it i i understand you liking it which is still saying a lot that you liked it more than other people as well so uh you're you're not allowed to play two again (laughs) yeah and so and we may be doing a Dragon Quest two episode pretty soon, so that'll be fun to talk about. But yeah, it's just kind of like I have to look at it that way. That Dragon Quest eleven is probably my favorite game in the series. Five is right behind it. Four is you know comfortably in you know third place there, and then you know that's two of the Zenithia trilogy right there in my top three. So yeah. it's like it's kind of uh, hard to beat that, really. I mean. And I'm amazed that you liked this so much because you hated it at first. Six. Yeah, six. Yeah. Excuse me, that you were talking about quitting playing six because it was so hard for you to power through. Yeah. And it's turned out to be one of your uh, one of your more enjoyable ones. Yeah. And I think I, and I even I did a blog post on that a couple of weeks ago. It was basically like the first 10 hours of the game, maybe 15 hours, depending on how you play or what version you play. But the first 10 to 15 hours. You don't have the vocation system yet, and it's kind of like an almost deceptively short. Like it's, like it's to me, it seemed obvious that it was trying to trick you into thinking that you like 
had we're gonna beat the game that this was like all the story you know right it's like i don't know you just kind of go around collecting party members you don't have a vocation yet and i feel like that was really what the early parts of the game was missing was the vocations right and I can totally see that because that was one of the things going into eight. And I know we're going to probably end up do a full full episode, episode on eight and not saying a lot about it right now. But that was one of the things that was hard for me to get into eight was its lack of vocations that I was so used to those kinds of job systems in RPGs that it was hard for me to to really enjoy, say, the first 10 hours of Dragon Quest Eight. So I, I can really, really relate to that with Dragon Quest Six. So there's vocations. The other thing that I know I complained to you about is there's a couple of towns at the beginning where you have to go around and like talk to every single NPC. And then there's like certain orders you have to talk to like specific NPCs in. And that is one of my major annoyances, I guess, with seven. So with so with DQ six, with DQ six, you have to go around there's some towns where you go around you have to talk to NPCs. Right. You have to either talk to all the NPCs in a town or you have to talk to like NPCs in a certain order and like talk to everybody in a town and then go back to like three of them to advance the story which i'm not a fan i don't like that in games and it's one of the things i really dislike about seven is that you have to do that in like every town and then you like have to go back to the present and do it all over again where you just have to like talk to everybody and then if you like leave the area because you're like all right time to i know what i'm it's obvious what i'm supposed to do next but then it like locks you out still anyway because you haven't talked to all the correct npcs i hate that so so much there's a lot of that in the beginning of six and then it's like as soon as you get past act basically what's act one of dragon quest six they do one of those classic dragon quest things where it's like surprise this isn't the end of the game (laughs) which they do so much now that it'd be like surprising if they didn't do that you know yeah dragon quest 12 is going to be very straightforward and when you and it's going to be like 12 hours long so you're gonna you're gonna be playing along. It's like, oh, cool! Here's the twist, and there's just the and credits. It's just the credits. And yeah. uh, and Yuji Hori is like, ha ha, finger guns, got ya. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. Um, but anyway, it does one of those things in six, you know. But once you get past that, once you get past all that stuff, and you get all trades Abbey, and you can like do vocations, and you know the world opens up a bit more. It just it gets so good. You know, and even the towns that you meet after that part, like the towns are way better. I feel like after that, yeah, the different towns you visit um, just seem not nearly as like generic or um, boring and dull as some of the beginning ones. So I think that was really because I really like the beginning of six, like the the like kind of prologue, I guess you would call it, where you're mm-hmm. like in Weaver's Peak and then you like walk around and get into like your first battles and do this kind of stuff. Like all of that stuff was interesting and fine. It was just, you know, the the stuff I listed already, but also there's just some kind of confusing parts where like, you know, you fall down a well and you're <laughs> in another world and you think and you think you're supposed to like go somewhere or do something, but it turns out you're just supposed to climb back into the well and go back to your own world. Oh. Like and that was it. Like there's not really a whole lot to do. And it's just like just things like that where it was like some of the pacing I feel like was yeah. off with sick. I'm very glad, you know, I stuck it out and got past that because once you get past act one, it's like, I really loved that game a lot, but it was just, you know, that beginning part just kind of got me. And I'm going to have to borrow your copy of six because five and six copies of it are skyrocketing in price. Even five, five was expensive too. Oh, wow. They must've um, like gotten low stock or something because like they're around 60 bucks a piece uh, oh, whenever wow. they're selling. Wow. See, five used to be kind of like, like four and five were both like around like 35 bucks. And then the six has always been crazy. You know what probably it is? It's probably now that like the heroes are in got to be in smash. Mm hmm. I bet a lot of Westerners now are like, maybe I'll play a Dragon Quest game. <laughs> yep, I'm sure. You know, because I actually, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, even 8 is like gone way up in price. How much is 8 now? Because I found it at my Walmart here, brand new copies of it for 30 And at the time I looked to see, and that's how much you could get a sealed copy for on eBay. And that was like last week, I think. Yeah, right now on Amazon, they're at $48.99. Wow. Which I bought... I bought it $30 on Amazon like a while back. 
And that's for the 3DS version. But yeah, you know, Dragon Quest Nine, I feel like, is pretty expensive too. Dragon Quest Nine and then Dragon Quest Six yeah. are both like some Dragon Quest games that are pretty have like really skyrocketed in price, which is why I bought I bought the UK version six. And so here's something interesting. I think I told you this, or I think it's interesting. You might find it boring. <laughs> but uh, so Dragon Quest VI, the UK version, it's called Realms of Reverie. Really? No, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. And so, and over here, it's called Realms of Revelation, right? Right. Well, I read, I only read this like yesterday, maybe, that apparently when they were doing the translation, it was... Uh, like advertised, they did all this promotional stuff where that was it was going to be called Realms of Reverie, huh. and then there was like a last minute change where they changed it to Realms of Revelation, but they still had stock where it was called Realms of Reverie. Huh. So anyway, I guess even now theoretically you could find even an American version of the game with that title named Realms of Reverie. Yeah, and so. Um, so that's the part I thought was interesting was that they just made like a last minute change. And I'm not sure why. I mean, they both stick with that like alliteration that Dragon Quest, most yeah. Dragon Quest games have. Because Americans don't understand what the word reverie means. Maybe. Is that what it is? No, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just tend to know that Square and Enix tend to uh, not look, or at least used to not look kindly on uh, Americans who play RPGs and uh, did not think they were the smartest people. I mean, maybe that was it. I don't know. I just thought it was very strange. I mean, all of their like alliterative alliterative titles right are like um like you know are not like that in japan like that's definitely yeah. like an english thing for sure not like an english thing and so even then you still get some games that don't have like a full alliteration yeah. you know you have 11 that's like echoes of an elusive age which you know which has like two e's but then there's that a at the end eh, ah sound a eh, eh, sound and yeah uh, you have journey of the cursed king which doesn't have which i guess cursed and king has the same like phonetic yeah. sound. We, people are bored already we're like phonetically like just- like like going through um the titles of dragon quest games <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Austin and I both used to be English teachers. And so if we ever nerd out like this before, this is why, because we have spent so much time of, in our lives thinking about this stuff that it stands out. And we're like, "Ooh, wait, we can talk about phonemes. <laughs> and we just did. Oh, my gosh. And so- now all of the people at the beginning of the show who were still listening are gone now. Yeah, now everybody's for sure gone. But, you know, uh, just wrapping up here with six. You know, if you're listening to this, you haven't given it a shot. I would say definitely give it a shot. Try it out. Uh, see what see if you like it. You know, I really did. Uh, and then, you know, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry you didn't like it. Um, you know, I really had a good time with it. Uh, we also wanted to mention tonight, today, depending on when you're listening to this, I guess, is that we actually have a poll going right now uh, on our Twitter account, uh, which you can find at DragonQuestFM is our Twitter handle. And uh, we're doing a listener's choice episode. So we're giving you guys a chance to vote. Tell us what you want our first episode of August to be. We've got episodes for July pretty much lined up already because of Dragon Quest Builders 2 coming out. We're definitely going to have to talk about that one. So uh, we want you guys to pick our very first uh, episode in August. Uh, right now, uh, in case you don't have Twitter, uh, you can also email us. Uh, you can email uh, social at dragonquest.fm. We'll get your email and you can tell us which one you want and we'll include it uh, with the poll. Uh, but uh, right now, those choices are between Dragon Quest Two, which is actually in the lead still. We checked it before we started recording. Which really blows my mind, given how people tend not to like it as much. That's true. I, I really like it. I'd be excited to talk about it. That's in first place right now. Dragon Quest Monsters Plus, going over the whole uh, manga series. That's in last place right now. Only 7% of the votes, which makes me a little sad, because I really like that series. And we're definitely going to have to talk about it sometime. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, then we have Dragon Quest Eight, which I know you kind of mentioned earlier in this episode that we really want to do an episode, full episode on just Dragon Quest Eight. 
Uh, that's actually in second place right now. 31% of the votes, Dragon Quest Eight, And then uh, last one is vocations, where we just talk about all the fun vocations in Dragon Quest games. What are our favorites? You know, what different ones have to offer. Uh, that one's been in first and second place throughout the day-to-day. It's now in third place with 28%. So you guys can go to our Twitter account and vote. Uh, it's open uh, for a full week. By the time you listen to it here, you'll probably have two or three days left of voting. Um, but once again, if you don't have Twitter, you can just send us, uh, you know, your vote at social at dragonquest.fm if you want to email that to us as well. Um, and then I think BJ wants to tell you guys about something cool, which is about our Glow account, right? If you guys are interested and you like the podcast and would like to support us, you can look at the show notes of this episode. And at the very top, you will see a link that says support us on glow.fm. Uh, so you can go to glow.fm slash Dragon Quest FM, and it will allow you to support the podcast with Apple Pay or Google Pay. It's very simple, just a couple of clicks. And if you do that you will get an invite to our discord server the geek to geek media discord server we have a dragon quest channel there where we talk about dq a lot and you will get the special discord role of erdrick's long lost cousin and everybody wants that and i know that you want that so glow.fm slash dragon quest fm send the notes so i have a, a question for you about glow really quickly that some people listening might have because I wasn't familiar with it until you told me about it. Right. Um, so Glow, let's see, is it uh, you choose the amount, correct? Yes, yes. You choose the amount however much it is. It could be a dollar. It could be a hundred dollars. Okay, that's what I was wondering because I know it's set to like five bucks so I didn't know if that was just like a flat out fee or if it was just like you can totally choose to give us more, give us less. It's totally your call, right? Yeah, there is totally an adjust amount on there as well. So it will, you can click it and uh, do that. So that's no big. So while we're doing this little section that we call shameless self-promotion. Shameless! That's right. Thanks for the theme song. We're going to play that every time now. (laughs) So uh, be sure to subscribe to uh, our newsletter. We have a newsletter. Our first one came out last week. Um, You can do that at dragonquest.fm. You can check out our main site. You can subscribe there. Uh, You'll get our welcome email. And then also we'll be sending out uh, different exclusives and things like that in the upcoming months. And then I think BJ uh, in this shameless self-promotion section you also uh, have like a, a beg down on your knees and begging this is the point where i beg you to give us a review and a rating on itunes or your podcatcher of choice uh this isn't something we do all the time this is not something we want to inundate you with constantly but if you like the show we've been doing this for uh two months now and if you like what you've heard we would really really appreciate it because reviews really do help other people determine uh what they spend their time on so we would like i said truly truly be grateful all right, cool deal. So I believe next week we're going to try to talk about Dragon Quest Builders 2 because it comes out the day that this episode goes live, right? Woo! Yeah, July 12th. So this episode will come out on Friday. By the time you guys are listening to this, hopefully the game is in my hands or actually in my Switch. You're just standing there holding the the Switch cart just in both hands like the Twilight Apple. Yeah. Just, just like looking and being like, oh, it's so And like beautiful. licking it so just a little bit. Dude, have you ever licked a Switch cartridge? Yeah, because they told me it tasted bad. So Okay, so this to. is the yeah. tangent for all of you. I know, I did the same thing. So, so they told me it was going to taste bad. So, of course, the first thing I did when I got Switch was lick one of the cartridges. Just so you guys know, if you weren't aware that there was a problem with the Nintendo 3DS because its primary uh, demographic was kids, that they would choke on the 3DS cartridges. So for some reason, different different ages of kids would put the the DS cartridges in their mouth. And so in order to prevent this and to combat this with the Switch, because the carts are even smaller, uh, they wanted to make them uh not appealing to eat i suppose so they made a bitter uh coating on the front of the cartridge where if you lick 
where the the sticker is and the label, it has a horribly bitter taste to it. If you have done this and you know that it's there and you know how gross it is, if you have kids, you can make them do it because if they're anything like my nephew, <laughs> uh, I walk. I got a Switch game for Christmas and he was beside me. It was uh, Let's Go uh, Pokemon, Let's Go Pikachu, and I was like, "Hey, Riley," and he was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Lick this," and he's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Just lick it," and he's like. Okay, and he licks he's like, ah, why would you do that? I was like, hey, because <laughs> that's what uncles do to their nephews. So if anyone out there ever needs a prank to pull, just get just get your uh, kids or your nephews and nieces to uh, to lick a Switch game, and their reaction will be priceless. You know what it tastes like to me is like when you lick an envelope. You know how there's certain like potent envelopes you can lick. It's worse than that. Okay, I have not licked one. <laughs> this is such a weird conversation. I have not licked one since... The, so I got a Switch and Breath of the Wild, like pretty much as soon as they both came out. And I, the same thing happened. I had heard that, you know, they put the coating on it to make it taste bad. So before I even put Breath of the Wild in my Switch yep. to play it for the first time, I licked it. And to me, it tasted just like a really potent envelope. Man, maybe it was just me because I'm sensitive to to bitter stuff like that. But man, it just left such an awful taste in my mouth. <laughs> so your homework at the end of this episode is to go to your living room and lick a Switch game. And I'm not talking to the listeners, Uh-oh, but me. I was talking to okay. you directly, Austin. But that also sounds like to the listeners, your homework is also to go to the living room and lick uh-huh. a Switch game. All right. On that note, I think that about does it for us today. Before we go, uh, remember that we did say that the game of Dragon Quest Builders 2 was launching the day that this goes live, but if you're not able to get it, it does have a demo on the Switch and the PS4 that you can download to be able to play a little bit of. So if you're not able to grab it on release day or or for one reason or another aren't sure, then you can grab the demo and see if it's for you, which uh, I would say is already out, but the game is already out by the time you're listening to this anyway. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So uh, so that about does it for us tonight. Uh, remember that you can talk to us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can talk to me directly uh, at underscore Austin underscore King. Uh, or you can read, I guess, and, and <laughs> you can read my weekly Dragon Quest blog. You can find that at DragonQuestAustin.com. And you can find me on Twitter at at Professor Beege. That's Beege with two E's. Uh, you can listen to me on my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast that you can find at geek2geekcast.com. And we are a proud member of the geek to geek media network, where if you go to geek 2 geekmediacom you'll find other podcasts like tea time with Katie and Chelsea. Uh, and sometimes Rob who talks sometimes about comic books and, uh, and geek Uh, we have, streamers on the network and everything so uh, with capsule j and troidal power it would just be fantastic if you would check uh, any of that stuff out too thanks everybody bye bye everybody ding dong ding dong playing that